You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Now available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Irving Woods. From Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. <laughs> and I'm Ryan David Abraham uh, from uscfootball.com. That's the USC site over on the 24-7 Sports Network. Well, we got a two-month-for-one-dollar sale going on right now till the end of the day. And together... We make the podcast of champions talking all things Pac-12 football. You don't just sneak in the promo. You fit it in. That, you tried to sneak it in. Nobody well, even picked that up right there. It's at the beginning of the show. There's well, like 12 people in here. What's the promo, David? We're going to wait to do that. Oh, you okay. wait like 20 minutes until people fill in. Come are they on, filling in? You schmuck. Um, thank you, everyone, if you are watching us live on our YouTube channel or listening to uh, the podcast on any of the podcasting platforms. We appreciate it. This is our Thursday show. We've been doing two a week, which we didn't do the last several years. Um, but they're cool. This is our preview show. So we got a preview week six, only four games in action. We got some questions and stuff to get to. But the uh, the Monday show is kind of the big one, David, I think, where we get a lot of questions and you know, recapping all the games, new power rankings and all that. But we get to do our picks here. Our picks were not not great last week. Why are you underselling the show we're doing right now, right now? Mm, I don't know. Like, do you want people to turn it off? I, you kind of like got, threw me off with the promo thing, to be honest. Did that throw you off, or was <laughs> it? Or was it dropping the middle name? The middle name, and then forgetting the... how the rest of the intro goes. <laughs> yeah, Which true. part was it? <laughs> you did forget the rest of the intro. I love when you throw yourself off more uh, than me. But we are live on YouTube. If you have comments, um, put them in there. Uh, EVS once has a comment, and he says, um, "What the hell? Your middle name is Irvin, Dave? No, Irving." Ing. I-N-G. He put Irvin. Jeez, guys. I don't know. Just Irving. Ing. Yeah. Ing. A lot of Irving. If it was Irvin, it would be a different Alex. sound. Irving, not Lennon. Yeah, well. And uh, Kevin also thought you said Irvin. So. No, people just don't should hear. Should you just be Irvin now? They just don't hear correctly. It's not you my change, fault. Can you legally change your middle name to Irvin now? Just I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't think so. That seems like a big hassle. Whenever I hear about oh um, uh, women who change their names when they get married... They all regret it. Like, don't legally change it. Just go by whatever you want, but don't legally change it because then you have to keep doing a DBA or whatever as you uh, uh, continue on through life. Seems like very complicated. Nobody wants to do that. Mm, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, uh, if you have any questions or comments for the show, Pac-12 Podcast at gmail.com. You can call or text us at 424 
532-0678. We got a voicemail for you this week. Um, no text messages. Shoot us a text, man. What are you guys doing? Uh, website, pac12podcast.com, and Twitter is at pac 12 podcast of course we love the five-star reviews over on the apple podcasting app any new ones no not a one but we did get a bunch last week so i'm willing to concede that it's fine uh i will say this if we do not have any new ones by monday i am quitting the show nice uh perfect i love that um we have let's see uh ishmael uh ryan what would you like to see from the trojans against arizona to have a good bounce back game oh i thought this was just like a regular comment it was an actual question. Uh, I think that sc- seems like something we can answer later on when we're talking about the Trojans. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, just score a bunch of points and don't give up many points. There you we'll go. go. We'll go with that. Um, yeah, so we're going to preview uh, week six. There's only four games. We've got four uh, programs on bye week. Some big, some big programs, you know, like the Washingtons and the Oregons because, you know, they got something coming up. Who else is on bye this week? we got Utah on a bye. Uh, Stanford. Mm-hmm. Points for a bounce back after the, their bye. Do you think they can go on a run, David, in the <laughs> second half <laughs> to yeah. go from like putrid to I, I like think, not as putrid? I think they might have the runs. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, so some big programs on bye weeks. Um, not you know no ranked on ranked matchups this week, but I don't want to undersell it. You know, it'll be some some fun. You know what's great is seventy five percent of the games this weekend are on Pac twelve Network. Isn't that oh, yeah, cool? Baby, we love it. Isn't that awesome? We love it. And uh, the one nationally televised game is at 7.30 p.m.? Uh, yeah. 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 Cool, cool, what, cool. 10.30 p.m. on the West Coast. So a lot of Pac-12, you know, Pac-12. Well, 10.30 all these teams p.m. Right. on the East Coast. Yeah, the East Coast, sorry. Right. A lot of, uh, a lot of uh, people watching the Pac-12 this week, you know, because all these ranked teams, all this excitement. No, we've, got no an, uh, we've got an international viewer in the uh, chat. Um, oh, from Tehran? Yeah. I love it. Let me put that one up. Oh, yeah. We love the international viewers. We do. Um, what time is it there in Tehran? Uh, it's got to be what, like 12 hours ahead? Something like that? At least something like that, yeah. At least uh, not something like that. At least like eight. He says he's putting it out there so you can bask in the obscurity. Uh, thank you. That's awesome. We know we love that you're like watching, listening uh, from afar. Um, let, which, uh, which team are you a fan of? Uh, we'd love to Okay, know. here's a weird one. Tehran yeah. is 10 hours and 30 minutes ahead of Los oh. Angeles. I didn't know they divided the time zones like that. Yeah, that's kind of weird. How do you get 30 minutes? Sound mm. off in the chat. What's going well, on there? Know, like What's going hour. on in Iran? We want to know. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's 7.51 p.m. So, yeah, 30 minutes, 10 hours and 30 minutes, which is great. Uh, it's prime time over there, uh, which is where USC and Arizona will be playing, at least on the West Coast. But, yeah, it's not going to be a well-viewed if something weird happens in the Pac-12, like bad, at least a lot of people won't be watching. But if something really cool happens, people probably aren't going to watch that um, either. We do have some news uh, to get to. Utah's on a bye, right? Utah is on a bye. Yeah, not much going on with the Utes. Um, These two Utes. Especially offensively, not too much going on. But uh, I saw Ross Dellinger tweet this out first. I don't know if other people did. Uh, my apologies. Um, but uh, Utah signed, which is looks like a really unique NIL deal, definitely one of the most lucrative, like total deals that we've seen out there. He tweeted it would be worth about $6 million. Every single player, every Ute, uh, and I'm going to put a picture up, a couple pictures up, uh, gets a truck, lease a truck for six months. If you like aren't eligible, like so if you flunk out or something, or if you 
you leave, the lease is void. But you get six months of this truck, and uh, I'm going to show another picture if you're watching on YouTube. If not, you can Google and check it out. But there's like a little uh, QR code, so if you want to uh, donate to the collective. So this is part of the ftwin360.com is their uh, website. So it's part of the Utah Collective uh, for the win is what it stands for. And there's a picture of like Cam Rising on the back. I'm wondering if every player gets his own picture. Like that would be way cooler. Like, oh, the backup punter. He's his picture on the back of the truck. I would not want my picture on my car. No, me neither. No. I'm not. Are you one of those people like when you see like in memorial, like on the back of a, um, a, you know, a windshield or something like I don't like messing with the cars like I don't so here my thing on it. And I, I think this is a tried and true. But um, the more things you have on your car that are not like if it's, you know, if it's a license plate like holder. OK, fine. But if you've got multiple bumper stickers, if you've got you're crazy, like you're an insane person, the more you have, the crazier you are. Right. Yeah. So this, I mean, obviously it's it's foisted upon them. So I got a few thoughts on this. Okay, they're a six month lease, right? Yeah. So what are they outlaying per player here on these trucks? What's well, well, I mean, it seems like a lot, right? Because you hundred say about hundred players, like yeah, six yeah, million, yeah. like yeah, yeah, but six per, seems like a lot. Yeah, but per player, it's I mean, is it really six million? That's what it's, that's what are Ross they funding said. the insurance too? It's probably. What if these guys already have cars? Do they have to take? I this? don't know. Someone tweeted about like, what's can the they get cash value? What's the parking lot going to look like? Like, right. you don't want a hundred of the same cars but, in the parking lot. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Anyway, I, there there's some complicating factors here with them being leases. That's all I'm saying. Buy them cars. You know, get really get really jiggy. Oh yeah. So you know? would, yeah, it's like here you have a car. Here's a sixty thousand dollar truck. Now we're really talking because mm. a sixty thousand dollar truck times a hundred, that's the amount that equals six million. Not a six-month lease. Yeah, I wouldn't think that because it's... What are we talking about here? It's not six million bucks to lease 100 cars for six months. I wouldn't think so. Fake news. Yeah. From the fake news media over there. Uh, yeah, Liquid Ute now parking these 85 trucks on campus. Um, Relic says, so is it fair to say that Utah defense got trucked? I'll see myself out. Mm. Um, mm. Yes, yes, and he's uh, Liquid Ute says they don't all have these graphics. Just a smaller one on the back. This was a promo example: seventy thousand dollar truck, but six months of it. And okay, but like, how much said, is the yes, lease? It covers insurance. All right, but let's say it's even a thousand dollars a month. Thanks, right? Liquid Ute, for the real info because we don't know these things. Let's say it's a thousand dollars a month, right? Yeah. Let's say it's two thousand dollars a month, right? Times six is twelve thousand. Twelve thousand times a hundred, not six million dollars. No. I want them all to be wrapped like this. Yes, they should. See, definitely. you're focused on the you're focused on the extraneous details. I'm trying to cut to the heart of the matter. Right? How much is this worth? Yeah. No, I definitely want Cam Rising on. Uh, yeah, you know, he should be on the or or the picture of you. I want the backup punter. You can pick your which player you want. Maybe they pick like five players and you get like a a wrap of them. Yeah, I, there was a there was a little love button because people are loving my explanation of what's going on here. You like that? It's fake news. Um. Yeah, we had. EVS says probably like a grand a month. Yeah. Yeah. So six grand times a hundred. Hmm. You know what that equals? Not six million. Equals like, you know, <laughs> 10 times less than that, actually. An order of magnitude uh, less. But that's cool. Like they're all going to get these um, trucks. And I I think that's going to be common. There's, I know like following USC stuff, like there's certain players that have got cars. I don't know the details. I can ask some of them, like if there's like a year or if you just get the car. 
Um, but I, I'm with you. I think, you know, if you gave everybody a car, that'd be kind of cool. But yeah, I think I mean, you'd probably want it to be, let them pick like, a you know, from a variety of cars. You don't want everyone to have a truck or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then uh, Lindy says, it, might, it covered the truck for the entire time a player was on scholarship, so up to four years. Well, it could be up to five years. And if that's the case, just buy him the car. Yeah. I, Ross Ross tweeted that it was, and I Are these re- leases to buy? No, they were six months leases from what yeah. we're told. Yeah. yeah. No, um, I need more details. I need more details before I'm promoing this at $6 million. <sighs> so fake news is what you're saying. Fake news media. Uh, thanks, Lindy, for uh, the, the comment there. And thanks for everyone that. But yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, so Utah making some news for the win. Uh, the collective. Uh, is it time to uh, talk about our promo now? Is yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess whoever's going to be in here is in here. Uh, <laughs> if uh, you uh, are not yet a subscriber to a 247 site, mm-hmm. um, there's a really cool deal right now. Because if you note, it is October 5th, right? Two months from now, December 5th. Do you know what the next two months cover? The end of the regular season for football. Love it. You can right now get access to your respective team site for $1 for that entire two-month period. And say you're a school, <coughs> UCLA, where you're more excited <laughs> about the start of basketball season because, uh, I don't know, your school just lost to Utah uh, on the road, 14-7, to 7, in one of the most miserable offensive performances any of us have ever, ever seen. You also get the start of basketball practice, the start of the basketball season in early November, uh, and you can prime the pump and then uh, hopefully uh, uh, roll that into an annual subscription after December. But you get the next two months for just a buck. So if you're ever looking for like a trial period that really gives you some meaty content, Mm. this is it. This is as meaty as it gets. Time to sign up for any of the sites. We're talking UCLA, USC, Utah, Colorado, all of them. They're all uh, very good sites, and you should subscribe as soon as possible. Maybe the Utah Collective can uh, can sign up 6 million people. That's right. And this yeah. is not fake news. Not like the Utah Collective. <laughs> uh, you can get this deal up until 9 p.m. Pacific tonight. Mm, 12 hours, like 11 and a half hours so from tonight, right Tonight as in Thursday, October 5th. So you only have a limited amount of time to do it. Yeah. It's just a dollar. It's a dollar. And you can cancel. Like before, before it runs out, you can cancel. So don't worry about it. You have it's, 11 and a half hours. Yeah, you can do this. One and a half, one hour less than the time difference between LA and Tehran, as we know. $1. Like honestly, that kind of investment doesn't come around every day. Like think about putting your dollar away into a website is probably better than anything else considering inflation <laughs> these days, right? Yeah. Like this is, this is great value. You should lock it in right now at a dollar. Yeah. Who knows? The resale value might be out of the room, out of the, out of this world. Uh, Relic also, um, oh crap, I lost that comment, but um, Relic pointed out that it's now fair to say we know more about Utah's Utah Utes trucks than Utah Utes injuries. Yeah. And uh, I think that is fair. And he also said, um, and I could potentially do this, but it might take a little work. Uh, Ryan and David, can you please replay the Singularity voicemail once again? I need that in my life. I've del- So voicemails, I just kind of delete as we move on. So I don't. I mean, I could download it again or something, but that would probably take some work. But that was a great voicemail. I would just go back and listen to the, the show from last week. Yeah, listen um, to the show again. Yeah. We get advertising dollars from that. Not really much, but we get some. A few cents. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, good stuff there. Um, what else do we got to get to, David? Uh, okay, so Survival Pool, we talked about it last week. I think we have 100 left. Um, we are go- both going to pick uh, USC this week. Should we stop revealing our pick on the show so? at some point? Why? I don't know. 
to lemmings like, make it a surprise yeah oh i guess so i guess we could like just because say we've afterwards. got that sicky inside info we're actually gonna pick washington state this week <laughs> <laughs> okay thank you yeah so that's good or you don't know maybe we will i uh, will tell you next time who we picked but it's definitely not usc it's probably washington state yeah uh we could pick ucla too right you could they're a home team uh one could do that they're they're not a favorite they are a favorite they're all their favorite. Yes, that's true. Wow. We could pick a home favorite. Yes. You could also or pick a road dog. A road dog. <laughs> Sounds like we might be doing that later. Um, all right. So I guess we got to get into our, our game picks. I guess we, we do. We don't really have much else going on, right? I guess it's I'm kind time. of off. Are I you? Feel a lot off. Do you think it's because I said uh, my middle name at the beginning? Maybe. Yeah. It's kind of bizarro podcast. Of Irvin. Champions. Yeah. Irvin. Yes. My middle name, Irvin. <laughs> Um. Oh, should you, I just start going by Irv? What do you think? I like that. Uh, why you could be Dave Irv Woods on your Twitter instead of David David Woods? It could be. It could be. Or Irvin. I can't really change it at this point, though. That's true. No. Um, EVS says you're going to pitch me a six month lease on a UCLA truck too. Uh, I don't know. No, no, that's not going to happen. Do they do? They don't give trucks away at UCLA. I don't know, but certainly not to the entire scholarship rotation of players. I think it's everybody, right? Like everybody on Well, they don't. Uh, uh, to be clear, Utah's not giving them away either. They are leasing them to them. Right. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious to see because I've there's like a few players like we interviewed Dorian Singer, like the former Arizona wide receiver, and he had like some kind of deal with Audi. So there was a picture of him and like his new Audi. This was more like individual players, not like everybody. But I don't know if it was like a year lease or if it was like here's the car, you get to keep it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also, you know, if you're giving someone a car, there's also financial um, responsibility that kind of comes with it. Like, you know, you're going to have to keep it up, pay taxes on it, you know, all the whatever, like the uh, registration and all that if you're going to keep it afterwards. So, but yeah, I think I think it's smart. I'd rather just get, give these guys a car. But sometimes you do that. Like if you're like the backup punter, but you're on scholarship or whatever, because it's Utah, um, you know, people win like, prizes you know trucks or whatever like students college students win stuff on the prices right and then they can't afford it you know like they can't afford like oh you won both cars it's like i can't afford that like you got to sell it or something so yeah um, yeah i guess maybe if you gave them the car too they could sell it right away um which i bet you a lot yeah of that would do. actually give them money that they could spend yeah um but i mean if they if you get they give them the option though i like, think it'd be interesting to pull the players themselves and ask them would you prefer the truck or would you prefer the cash value of the six-month lease plus the cash value of the insurance we're paying for. Yeah, they would save money for sure. I would virtually guarantee it. Yeah. And but, there might be a couple but, of like, I really but, want a truck. But whatever that would be, twenty grand is not the same thing as saying you bought a truck for advertising purposes. Right. With the cool you yeah. know, QR code on and everything. Uh, I'm a little bummed that they're not all like that. Yeah. In, I'm, individual. I'm, I'm kind of cheesed off about the whole thing now. I've talked myself out of it. <sighs> he didn't like it. Um. Yeah, I'm like, cards one of those things where you just like, the way you got it is the way it should be. Like, don't mess with the car. Like, you have the car. Like, oh, you're going to add these things to it or whatever. Like, just, I, you know, cards, like, you should have the car the way the car is. I didn't even like putting, uh, when I got my, when I had electric car, well, electric car, like, you put the stickers on it for the carpool lane. Like, don't even like doing that. Um, don't like to mess with cars. Some people do. Some people like customize things, put like Hello Kitty stuff all over it. Like, not really my thing. You've thought about the Hello Kitty thing, I, though. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, get it fully wrapped? Get it fully wrapped. I had a RV wrapped. Like, God, this was 
So we did like when we would do tailgate parties. Um, I this guy that's kind of like uh, booster guy like went in and and we wrapped this RV with USCfootball.com logos and it had like the Heisman winners on it and everything, and we would like park it. It was kind of a pain to do, but we, you know, we and eventually stopped. I think it was like 2006 or something, but we would have tailgate parties. We'd get like 250 people coming out to the tailgate party, hand out stickers. It was kind of like a good promotion thing. Um, and the guy that was the investor or whatever, the, the booster, he just liked to have a place to sit and watch games. So he put like TVs on the side of it and everything. It was pretty cool. But that, yeah, that was wrapped. We have breaking news. Oh, we have breaking news? Mm-hmm. The Big Ten has announced uh, the schedule rotations for 2024, Ooh. 2025, 2026, 2027, and 2028. So they've done a five-year rotation, which is different from the original model. This is called the Flex Protect 18 model. Oh, okay. So are we on version 18? Is that just the number of teams? You know, there's lots of questions here. Um, uh, yeah, so we've got... UCLA, USC are still protected. Oregon, Washington is protected, but UCLA, Oregon, UCLA, Washington, USC, Oregon, USC, Washington, not protected huh. annually. Okay. Um, so looking at it, uh, UCLA will play Oregon and USC in year one. USC will play UCLA and Washington in year one. So that leaves Oregon with UCLA and Washington and Washington with USC and Oregon. So, yeah, USC avoids Oregon in the first year and UCLA avoids Washington in the first year. Yeah, and I'm trying to look. I think it may be – yeah, so they it's guaranteed, it looks like, that – Oh, no, UCLA plays Washington in the first year. In year one, yeah. Okay, I thought they avoid, oh so they so UCLA plays Washington and Oregon. Oh wow, yeah, UCLA plays Washington, Oregon, and USC in year one. I didn't realize that. While yeah. USC just gets Washington and UCLA. Yeah. Whew. Whew. Um. Okay, so let's look. So we'll look at the Big Ten schools real quick. So Oregon in year one has road games against Michigan, Purdue, UCLA, and Wisconsin. Um, Michigan, Wisconsin is pretty good. The home slate for Oregon in the Big Ten in year one is Illinois, Maryland, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Washington. So that's pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I like that. Washington uh, goes on the road. They have five road games. Indiana and Iowa. Uh, that should be fun. You know, <laughs> Iowa's offense and Washington's offense. Um, Oregon. Penn State and Rutgers. And then the home games for Washington is Michigan, Northwestern, UCLA, and USC. So they only really get like one good home Big Ten game. Can I read to you UCLA's 2024 schedule? Because, yeah, 2024. Yeah, we're, that's what we're doing right now. They have to do, I know, but I'm, I really want to emphasize this. Okay. They have to do Oregon, USC, Washington, and Penn State. And then the next year, they've got to do. Ohio State, USC, Penn State, and Washington. This is going to get really stupid for the Bruins. You think so? Yeah. Having to do all of Washington, Oregon, and USC in year one along with Penn State. Yeah. Yeah. going to be cool. Um, we had a comment like we've now entered the uh, Big Ten uh, podcast phase. Well, this is affects four teams in the Pac-12. So we're, you know, 
it's it's you know worth talking about i think at least well and i need ryan to vamp so i can put this story up on bro for a second okay so <laughs> ucla <laughs> nebraska penn state rutgers and washington are the away games so going to nebraska going to penn state rutgers long trip but not that story but you know good slate there and then the home games not that great uh indiana iowa uh minnesota uh, Oregon and USC. So no like Big Ten power coming to the Rose Bowl. Um, you know, I guess, I don't know, Iowa maybe. Uh, USC is going on the road to Maryland. Chris Trevino is going to love that. They were scheduled to go on the road to Maryland and Chris is front, went to Maryland. So he really wants that. My One of my writers. Uh, going to the big house, Michigan. Uh, going to Minnesota. Uh, Rose Bowl for UCLA and then Seattle for Washington. And then coming to the Coliseum uh, in year one, Nebraska, Penn State, Rutgers, and Wisconsin. So three pretty big names: Nebraska, Penn State, Rutgers, and uh, Wisconsin. So, yeah, pretty crazy, uh, crazy stuff. They're, I think they're going to the Big Ten. It's actually real. Um. Oh wait, that was okay. Um. What's the twenty twenty? Oops, that's twenty twenty six. Twenty twenty five. USC. So USC doesn't play Oregon and Washington in the same season. Um, UCLA avoids Oregon in year two. So that's kind of interesting that UCLA has to play uh, all the Pac-12 teams. Yeah, and USC doesn't. Yeah, interesting is interesting is a word. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, that was like little um, little aside. Breaking news. Did you get your stuff up? Uh, I'm just going to tweet it out now, but you're doing great. Okay. You're thriving. (laughs) Thriving (laughs) while you do work. Uh, Someone from my team is probably doing it, um, hopefully. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So, yeah, there's cool breaking news while we're doing this. Uh, Let's see. So, Pac-12, we have a uh, first game up is Washington State Cougars at UCLA Bruins. All right, this game will take place at 12 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. Mm. Number 13, Washington State, traveling to UCLA. The Bruins, the UCLA Bruins, are favored by three and a half points over ranked Washington State at home. Explain this one to me, Ryan. Well, I assume the Rose Bowl is a big stadium, right? So I assume... Tons of people are going to be in it. The, the home field advantage is probably going to be through the roof. You know, like students just walk over from campus to go to the Rose Bowl, mm-hmm. fill that place and get super loud. That's my assumption. I think that's a fair assumption. Um, unfortunately, and this is one of the unfortunate realities that few people know about, uh, walking from the dorms to the Rose Bowl would take you an entire day. Um, you get a lot of steps in, though. You would get a lot of steps in. Yeah. You'd probably hit. It's probably about 15 miles, but you really can't go just straight there. It's probably more like 20 miles. So we're probably talking in the neighborhood of 60,000 steps. I was going to say 60,000. That's yeah, funny that I, you thought that. I think, it'd be a, I think it'd be a nice nice hiking day, at the end of which, um, because of the heat in Los Angeles uh, this weekend, you'd probably die. You'd probably be dead. Okay. So It's going to be warm. Yeah. Gonna be a little toasty there at noon. Uh, so that yeah. might be that might be UCLA's number one advantage in this game is that it's gonna be a little toasty on those uh those poor cougars from the Palouse. All right, so what the, time would you have to leave? 
uh, to get there for the noon game, you would have yeah. to leave on Friday by noon, probably. And that's if you're walking more or less straight with just breaks, no sleeping. Wow. Okay. Because like a 20 mile walk, you're talking like if you're a member of like uh, Stonewall Jackson's foot cavalry in the Shenandoah campaign in 1862, mm-hmm. uh, you might be able to do that in like a 12 hour day. But we're talking, you that's got what... some hilly country when you're getting up there. And so like hilly country, you're probably averaging 30 minutes a mile, right? On flat ground, you know, walking at a normal pace, you're in the 15 to 20 minute range. But doing that consistently over the course of 20 miles of, you know, irregular terrain, you got to take breaks. Yeah. I mean, I think we're talking a minimum, even if you went straight through, I think we're talking a minimum of 12 hours. Yeah, I would think, I think you could do it for that. Um, But, you know, you don't have, you don't need to pack. I guess you might have to bring some equipment with you, but like no muskets or hard tack probably, but you would have other stuff. No, but you're not in the... um in the in the shape of Stonewall Jackson's foot cavalry. True. Um, you know, they were doing it for a while. They had a lot of forced marches and um, you know, <laughs> they were, you know, fighting for that grand cause of keeping people enslaved. So, you know, that was really motivating. Rusty says, is walking to the Rose Bowl oh crap, the wrong one came up. But he was saying, is walking to the Rose Bowl the longest uh road trip in the conference? It might be. It might be like I think if you count that as a road trip and then you compare it to certainly the flights, uh, it's definitely, definitely slower. Yeah. UCLA could fly to Rutgers. You could bus. You could probably bus to Eugene from L.A. in the time it took to walk to the Rose Bowl from campus. What was the one question we had? Like if you took a boat, like what was like, one of the finest moments in podcasting history was uh the boat travel versus you take a boat up the coast. versus driving or whatever it was. Um okay, but anyway, the actual game. The actual Do We have to talk about the game. The actual football game. Not walking to the Rose Bowl. Um here's so the read on this one is basically you've got Washington State has a, a phenomenal offense that is significantly and wildly improved from last year. UCLA has a defense that is very good, that is significantly and wildly improved from last year. We're only four games into the season for both teams. Which one of these is more likely for real? Yeah. And that's really the 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 my thinking about the game is that's the strength on strength matchup and which one is likelier to hold up. Washington State has played an FCS, UCLA has played an FCS. But the three other opponents for Washington State are Colorado State on the road, which they housed them. It was like 56 to 20 or whatever it was. Uh, Then it's Wisconsin at home, and Wisconsin is not bad. Wisconsin has a top 25 defense, and they scored 31 on them. And then Oregon State at home, which is not bad. We know this. And Oregon State has a top 25 defense, and they scored 38 on them. So Washington State's offense – that that screams to me, at least in the in the realm of for real. Maybe they're not a top ten offense like they look right now, but certainly top twenty five for real. Yeah, UCLA, their defense uh, has been dominant through the early going. But who have they played? They've played an FCS, mm-hmm. and then it's Coastal Carolina, which is turning out to be pretty bad. Yeah, they're not good this year. San Diego State, which is turning out to be one of the worst San Diego State teams in recent memory, <sighs> and Utah. Who they shut down, but as we now know, Utah barely has an offense. Yeah. Like, they can't score on anyone because they've got a mash unit of a team right now. So we don't know if UCLA's defense is for real. That's not to say they won't show up and be really good in this game. It's just we have more uncertainty about UCLA's defense than we do about Washington State's offense. 
On top of that, the most uncertain thing about UCLA's defense, the secondary, and specifically the cornerbacks, is the thing that Washington State is designed to attack. So strength on strength, I'm taking Washington State in that side of the matchup. And if I'm taking Washington State on that side of the matchup, that UCLA offense looked like dookie uh, against Utah. And yeah, Utah's got a great defense, but Washington State's defense is more similar to Utah than it is to friggin' San Diego State or Coastal Carolina, <laughs> which are dirt this year. So they might hold UCLA to 21 points. They might hold them to 24 points. And if they hold UCLA to 24 points, I like Washington State's chances to win this game. Yeah. I think um, we had a comment from Rusty. Vegas doesn't think uh, Wazoo is real yet. And sometimes it takes Las Vegas a little while to catch up. You know, if they weren't on Oregon State early or like realizing they were pretty good. I think there's, I think the same kind of thing is here, like Rusty's saying for Wazoo. Um, you know, I, I love the way that uh, Utah, I mean, that uh, UCLA was playing at Utah, but then seeing the Utes not really be able to score again, you know, one offensive touchdown each week of football, like that's not going to be, it's hard to give a lot of credit to UCLA uh, for that one. But, you know, both teams coming off a bye it is in the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. A lot of different, weird, you know, weird stuff can happen. You might see, um, you know, UCLA explode for a whole bunch of points. Uh, maybe Washington State struggles a little bit on the road. You know, I, I think there's scenarios there, but to get like three and a half points um, in a game that you think like, hey, Washington State could seriously come in and win this outright. Yeah, I'm going to take Washington State uh, as well in this one. Yeah, and the half a point is really what's doing it for me, too. Like, I think Washington State wins it, but if UCLA wins it, I think it's more likely to be a field goal than anything. Um, yeah, Matthew says UCLA is now Iowa. They'll win despite all our best logic. I will say this. I am <laughs> I am un what's the opposite of undefeated? Uh you have a won a game? Is that what Yeah, yeah, but like there's gotta be a good word for it. I'm unwon whenever I have really good logic for what I'm doing. Yes. Like I, I never, ever, ever uh have this work out for me. So uh, UCLA fans, uh, you should be excited about that. Exci- yeah, for yeah. sure. Big no, time win. We had, a, I think, it's we had a twenty-one of, point victory coming up. We had a lot of good logic last week, and it just didn't work out. But that's what happens, you know. It's one of those things. Uh, okay, uh, next up again. This is you, you have an opportunity if you have Pac-12 Network to watch at least uh, three different games. We only have one overlap game this week, but this one will not have any overlap. We have Colorado Buffaloes. <laughs> They're going to be on the road taking on Arizona State Sun Devils. <laughs> 3.30 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network, Colorado at Arizona State. Kind of a similarly situated game as that first one, except the roles are reversed. Colorado is a road favorite by four points, but it's four points. Hmm. And this is another one where I'm taking ASU because, first, ASU's shown a major pulse the last two weeks. Competitive as hell against USC at home. Uh, and then went on the road and should have beaten Cal. Uh, I think Colorado's good. Like, I don't think they're bad, but I don't know that they're poised to go into a situation where ASU has a pretty credible defense, uh, and they've suddenly they've suddenly have a have a idea of what they want to do offensively, where they've got a play calling system. They've got Kenny Dillingham actually doing his job now, um, and so all of that. I mean, I think ASU could win it, but I also don't think this is more than, again, a field goal one way or the other. Uh, I think four points is too much, so give me ASU. You know, um, I feel like this is could potentially be a breakthrough game for the Buffs in Colorado. Um, you know, didn't like the blowout they had, but they fought back against 
USC. ASU definitely played better than I thought they would on the road um, uh, at Cal and uh, made that one you know really close. You know, Cal being a big favorite on the home was kind of a weird one, but we didn't get that right. Uh, I'm going to take uh, the Buffs here. I feel like they're going to go in. Um, they had this. I don't know if you saw uh, a Marion Miller. Dude had to have a catch, and he has almost 200 yards receiving in the second half against what USC. What defense was he going against? He was going against USC's. Oh, right, right, right. What, is Arizona State much better? Or yes, you think so? Yeah, no doubt. Okay, um, but I like I like Colorado in this one. I feel like there's uh, I think I think they're gonna I think ASU is like going in the right direction, but I feel like Colorado is going to be a little ahead. They had some some big wins early. Some setbacks in the Pac-12, and I feel like they're going to bounce back in this one. So, give you me- know, I say this a lot, and I, I I just want to reiterate it. I am, it's so heartwarming how comfortable you are being just absolutely terribly wrong all the time. This is like the first game we picked differently in like two weeks. I know it's amazing. Weeks. It's amazing how comfortable you are being wrong. Okay, um, I'm always amazed by it. Uh, you truly have a, a gift. Hold and, on, um, we have one of the greatest avatars. Um, uh, LFG says, "See you wins and covers." Boom! I'm on. I'm on his side. He had that kind of mustache. I yeah. can't believe you're doubting Denny Killingham. I can't believe it. I, you know he, he. You know what he did for the first three games? He, he let Bo Baldwin call the plays. That'd be like you're like Gordon Ramsay. He and knew he was going to take this league by storm, and he wanted to be a little bit under the radar because he knew they weren't going to even qualify for a bowl game this year. So he was like, you know what? I'm going to lull the entire league into a false sense of security mm-hmm. so that they're not even ready for what I'm going to do to them. Gotcha. And then it was like, okay, I'm going to have our running back be our leading passer. And we're just going to do that. And that's going to be our thing. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, we're on board with this. So here's the thing. Colorado's defense is still bad. Like it's yeah. still just absolutely atrocious. And Arizona State's calling better offensive games. I think they'll be poised to take advantage of what is a very bad defense. And I think this gets into essentially and very weirdly a shootout as most Colorado games are going to turn out to be this year. Yeah. Uh, and in that instance, you're giving me an extra point. I mean, you're giving me four instead of three. Yeah, sure. Take it. ASU. The chat agrees with me. EVS says uh, Colorado covers easy. Ryan knows. So you are you are the unpopular opinion so far, at least from what we're seeing. There the are chat. two people talking in our chat right now. And they both agree with me. So you are unpopular. I'm I mean, the, you're just I'm, kind of unpopular. I'm the most popular person in the entire world. Nice. Uh, okay, so that's good. We have a different uh, a difference of opinion on this one. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, watch that one on the Pac-12 Network. Okay, we got two uh, Pac-12 after dark games first up we've got oregon state beavers and uh they're gonna go on the road to take on california golden bears okay so this one is at 7 p.m it's on the pac-12 network oregon state is a nine and a half point road favorite Mm. and I'm, I'm, there's like two warring thoughts in my mind. One, Oregon State is ass on the road, right? But two, yeah. Cal is ass, yeah. <laughs> right? Like all the time. Right. So, because th- the thing is, I could see a situation where Oregon State plays like just absolute dirt in this game and uh, even loses. Like I could see it. But I can also see a situation where they, they absolutely shut down Cal to the tune of like, 
seven points. Yeah. And win this ugly, but win it. Like like, 31-7 or something. Yeah, or like just do what they did to Utah last week. Just sit on them. Yeah. uh, 21-7. I'm going to take them to cover, uh, but this is probably the one I feel least good about. Wait, who are you taking? I'm taking uh, Oregon State to cover. Oregon State, okay. Me too. I will take the the Beavs as well. Um, Someone said, oh, Kevin said David has a better record. We have the exact same record, so he does not have a better record. Over the last two years, we can look at those. We could look at the most recent data for the tiebreaker. You want to do like in perpetuity, like as long as we've gone? Like how? Well, no, we can't go back to when you were counting games that didn't have a spread. True. Uh, all right. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you on this one. Don't feel good about it. Like I, my kind of theory was it's hard to play on the road, which I kind of went against that taking Colorado, but I just feel like Colorado's better. Uh, it's only four points. So it's not like you could, but this is a, you know, you got to win by two scores here. But my, I also said I'm not counting the Bay Area as road games. You know, ASU went in there, probably should have won. If ASU can go in and win by, or, or you know, lose by three, I think Oregon State can go in. To Berkeley, all those fans up on Tightwad Hill watching and win by at least 10. So I, I like or I feel pretty good about this one. I like Oregon State here. So we'll go with that. All right. Christian, Christian's, Christian is buying what I'm selling. Even when I think David's wrong, his explanation makes me think his, he's right. I like this it. This is my absolute superpower is confidently <laughs> wrong. And I will convince you of it, and then you will be wrong with me. Together, we can be wrong. I could have yeah. been a cult leader with a different set of beliefs. I love it. Um, okay. Our last one, we have Arizona Wildcats. <laughs> on the road in L.A., right here down the road, taking on. USC Trojan. 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. Arizona traveling to number nine, USC. USC is a 21 and a half point favorite. I can't keep picking them to cover big spreads. I can't. It's hard. Because they keep not doing it. But then they do it sometimes. But then they don't most of the time. And it's so dependent on like how Alex Grinch is feeling that day, whether he got enough to eat the night before, whether he's hangry by halftime, um, you know, he might be dehydrated. I don't know. There's so many factors that play into it. Um, Arizona is 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 decent. They're yep. not good, but they're decent. Mm-hmm. Um, USC scores a lot of points. Yep. They also tend to give up a lot of points. Yep. Um, the defense, I would say, is arguably worse than last year. Mm, I don't think so. But. Not quite in that territory yet? No. Certainly worse than people were expecting. Yeah, for sure. I would say so. Uh, Arizona's offense, though, isn't as good as it was last year. No, you might have Noah Fafita get a second start. We don't know that yet, or at least I haven't seen it. Their defense is a lot better than last year, but that doesn't really matter against USC. USC can kind of just name its number most of the time. Hmm. How was this game last year? Uh, Close. Was it? Dorian Singer caught three touchdowns. Dorian Singer, he no longer plays for Arizona, (laughs) though, right? He plays for USC. Right. (laughs) How much Arizona is on USC's roster right now? Uh, Three players. That's a lot of 2022 Arizona. And how many of them were from that defense? Uh, Two of them. 
So they might give USC information on this game that's actually wrong I've because a- they're bad because I've they were part of the 2022 <laughs> Arizona defense. I've asked I've asked them about it. There's not it doesn't seem to be a lot of at least they're not saying like state secrets being but I asked Lincoln Riley about it. He's like it happens like you know you play Stanford and Austin Jones played there. You play Colorado and Brendan Rice played there. You just, like there's a lot of guys from other teams uh, on your roster now. They lost by 7 to Washington, right? Yeah, but that was at home. That was at home. Um, they kept it close. They they did a nice job. Like Michael Penix didn't have a touchdown pass in that game. They haven't gotten blown out in a game this year. Yeah, they you're, went. You're at, really trying to talk yourself into this. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to talk to see if I if you'll divulge some information. Uh, okay, Jacob Cowing is like 73 yards away or something from 4,000 career receiving yards. Pretty good. I'm taking Arizona plus 20. All right. I feel like this is one of those things where, like, they're eventually going to cover, and I keep pick. Like, I'm bad at picking USC this year. Like, our our numbers are good picking Pac-12. Me specifically picking USC, it's been bad. And every single one of their games has been that this is like the smallest spread or something, like twenty one and a half or whatever. Like, it's just, um, it's tough. Uh, they're all huge spreads. They're all three score, four score, five score spreads, and. When you're covering one of those in the second quarter, like they were last week, you you run the risk of like kind of taking your foot off the gas, and that's kind of what they did there. Um, I feel like there's enough talk about how bad the defense is that they're going to try, you know, they're going to play better and just score a crap load of points. So, um, yeah, I'll take USC to cover and not feel good about it. How many points did they allow to ASU? Twenty eight. Oh, okay. And how many to San Jose State? Uh, I forget that one. It was. It might have been twenty. Was it twenty eight? Yeah, it was been. also twenty eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how many to Colorado last week? Uh, that was forty one. Oh, okay. How yeah. how how good is San Jose State? I think they're pretty awesome, right? <laughs> I don't know. They're one and four. Yeah, that's that's tough. You know, getting a win. Mm-hmm. College football is not easy. So San Jose State kept it within twenty eight in that game. Yeah. Okay. They didn't cover. That was like a 31-point spread or something. And is Arizona better than San Jose State? I think significantly, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm feeling I'm feeling more and more comfortable okay. with my choice here. You got transitive property the hell out of this. So. I'm not transitive propertying anything. Okay. You struggle with assy teams. You might struggle with uh, decent teams. I, I, we haven't picked differently for a few weeks, and now you're like, when we do, then you're like, oh, I mean – I should have look just, I, again. I'm just I am tickled pink, yeah, by your uh comfort. Uh, your I, I think I it's like you were you were uh, it's sort of like that Bane thing where like you were born being wrong, you were you were uh, you were molded by it, yeah. Uh, I don't feel great about the USC one, I just done it like too many. It's like I if we we're in the roulette table, it's like I'm not shifting off black, like. I could have seen them cover. They didn't. I could have seen them cover. They didn't. I'm like, I'm not going to like put it to red and then they cover. I feel more comfortable about it because you picked USC to cover. Good. Um, that makes sure. I feel way better about the Colorado pick. Like that one, I know you're wrong. So that's good. That's a good feeling mm-hmm. knowing that one. Like knowing that like going into the USC game, if they cover, I'll have a two game lead. Um, that That's a good feeling. So the early game. Does that, that make you feel better? Yeah, I love it. All right. Well, why don't we do this? Let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and answer uh, some questions back in a minute.
of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Ha! Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles now streaming only on Paramount Plus. Yes. All right. We're, how was your break? Uh, my break was good. How was uh, how was your break? I went on a mini vacation. Um, nice. Okay, hold Catalina. on. We have some. Uh, are you done? Breaking news. This is your last opportunity to change your pick. Okay. I'm going to give you a piece of data that you did not mention. And you will have an opportunity to change your pick. Aaron says Arizona beat Stanford by one. <laughs> not doing it. That's like a Trump card. That's just like, that's like the <laughs> ultimate Trump. But who who started at quarterback in that game? Arizona. Jaden Delora. Beat Stanford by one. We need Noah Fafita. Okay. Um, Noah Fafita will keep. I'm just going to point back to this this uh, comment. Anytime you get lippy, if you if you're tweeting during the game when uh, Arizona's winning or something, I'm just going to like Arizona beats Stanford by one. Haters going to hate. That's uh, that's where we're going with this one. Okay, uh, we have a voicemail. You ready? I was born ready. Here we go. Hey, what's up, guys? Burke. Um, just curious to get your guys' thoughts on the whole Pat McAfee versus Washington State controversy. Um, I heard he kind of had an apology about it yesterday, but um, all throughout the all throughout the week. But this week, I saw John Canzano kind of writing some stuff on him. I was curious to get your guys' thoughts. Thanks. I didn't see that he had an apology. Um, I must have missed that. But. I didn't see an actual apology. What I saw was him like saying something like, "I'm I'm learning a lot through this." Um, oh. Yeah, so uh, my my thought on McAfee, it, by the way, McAfee. <laughs> okay. um, my, my my thought on this uh, is, uh, as I said uh, on Monday, uh, he's a dumb person. Um, hmm. He's a stupid person. You said that, yes. So when you listen to him, you're hearing the the ravings and often hungover or still drunk <laughs> ravings of a stupid person. And so the 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 thing is, he's been uh, lent. Uh, Credence by um, uh, other stupid people who who watch his shows, and I'm not saying if you watch his shows that you're stupid necessarily. It's just uh, the predominant uh, audience is stupid people, um, and then uh, because so many people who are stupid listen to his show, he then gets a platform from ESPN to be stupid to a wider audience of people who are not necessarily part of that niche group of stupid people, mm. and so then when he does his again hungover, drunk, stupid ravings to a wider audience of people who are not used to or uh, um, numbed to his stupid uh, stupidity, uh, then they get potentially offended by his stupidity. Um, and I don't know that it's any deeper than that. People are trying to make it like, oh, you know, he's being disrespectful. He's trying to defend uh, Lee Corso or whatever. No, he's just he's a stupid person who has picked a stupid thing to get stupid about. And mm. it has just by by virtue of the fact that you've got a blunderbuss of stupidity firing out shells in all directions, uh, it hits some people who are pissed off about it, and rightfully so, um, because it strikes a, a nerve with all the Washington State people and the people who still appreciated the, uh, I mean, semi-traditional state of college football um, and are, you know, uh, sympathetic or even empathetic with the plight of Washington State. So, it pisses off a lot of people, yeah. Um, but it's it's not deeper than that. He's not um, touting some company line. I, he's just stupid, um, and so it's just it's just stupidity 
at work here. Um, and so when he says, I'm learning a lot about this, he's probably learning where Washington State is. <laughs> like, he, he could be learning anything. He, I mean, this is like a newborn babe being taught something. So, um, yes, anyway, a very stupid person who said a stupid thing and is now um, hopefully getting a little bit smarter. Uh, Matthew says, apologizing in a venue. Oh, crap. I put the wrong one up there. Let's see. Let's put it up. Apologizing in a venue smaller than the venue. Uh, where you made the offense is always a weak move. Uh, meet up with the folks who can bring the flag this week and make a genuine apology in person. I do love that because I don't think he even understood that, you know, that college game day has done features on how they've got this flag each week for years and years and years and the tradition behind it. Um, and they did a pretty good job. I saw like, a commercial like the the first guy it was a Nebraska game who made a sign. It was like the first college game day sign. Some of the history of of college game day is pretty cool, and this sort of like shat all over it, right? And you know, not even mentioning ESPN's role in the demise of the Pac-12 and how you really just are, you've left these two uh, proud programs behind. Kicking them when they're down just didn't make a lot of sense. But I feel like you're right about the stupidity. He didn't realize what it was going to look like as like, oh, this is what ESPN is saying. Well, And that's the thing is like he is so stupid and ignorant that he probably doesn't even realize ESPN's role in this situation. Like the thing is, Reese Davis, Kirk Herbstreet, they get it. They're not talking that strongly about any of this. Two weeks ago, before he made this comment, he made another comment the, before Corso did his thing on the same show where he's like, it's amazing to me they couldn't get a TV network deal done. You're telling me you can't get a network deal done? You're on ESPN, you you absolute moron. What are you talking about? And, and like that was identified at the time. He's a very stupid person who has no interest in being educated about any of this stuff. He does absolutely – I mean we joke about this show – uh, but uh, he does no homework, um, and he appears nationally drunk and hungover and says stupid things. And for a certain segment of the audience, apparently that appeals to them. I don't know. But he's 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 a very dumb person, and uh, that's that's the main thing that everyone should be remembering here. It's, it's not – whenever you think there's a grand conspiracy or he's trying to tout the company line, he's towing the company line, or he's a sellout or all this other stuff – so much of this stuff is better explained by incompetence and stupidity yeah. than it is by grand conspiracies or, wow, it's part of some nefarious uh, you know, uh, strategy from ESPN to delegitimize Washington State's plight. And all this. No, no, no. It's just a very stupid person. Very stupid person saying very stupid things. And hopefully it actually puts more attention on what's happening to Washington State and Oregon State and how messed up that is. Yeah. Um, so – Hopefully, at the end of this, because of you know how much of a kerfuffle there is about this, more people are paying attention to it, and more people say, this is stupid, this is messed up, and hopefully Washington State and Washington State have a, have a home. Yeah. And then we can all thank um, Pat McAfee for being a dumbass. <laughs> yeah. He really was like puke. That was like a story. Like yes, he, was- he puked between segments, and he claimed it was food poisoning. It wasn't. So moving on. Yeah. Um, if you have food poisoning, you don't puke once between segments. If you have food poisoning, you're shitting your pants on on set. <laughs> I've had food poisoning very recently. You spend most of the time in the bathroom. You don't rally. You don't puke and rally. Yeah. That's famously from something else. What is it from? Hangover. Being drunk or hungover. Yeah. Um, Again, dumb guy thinks that's a good enough explanation. What do, what do you think? Because I, I, I like what uh, I think it was Matthew said. Um, I think there's a... 
certainly a non-zero chance that game day like does something on this and has McAfee or McAfee, as you like to say, um, you know, meet up with the people that brought the, like be in the crowd where the guy with the Washington state flag is and like hug it out or whatever, do a shot together or pound a beer or something. What do you, do you, I feel like there's a non-zero chance that that happens. I feel it's almost certain. Yeah. It doesn't change how stupid he is. Like, uh, yeah. Okay. He could be put in that position and and have to do that. It's not going to be adequate. It's not going to invalidate uh, any of the things that have been said about him or about ESPN's role in any of this. But if he wants to make it about like, oh, sorry, I said I said a bad thing. Uh, here, I'm going to make it up for you by like doing a shot of shitty liquor. I mean, he's doing that anyway. Yeah. DB says, who's watching ESPN besides the games? You know, I felt like I would watch game day more before. I don't definitely don't do it as much now. now. Like last week, I was at an early game, so I couldn't really do it. But like USC plays late. You know, you want to watch some other games. I feel like I, that was something I would watch, but I mean, I, now I don't, I don't really, you know, I watch, I still watch a little bit of uh game day. Um, it's, I prefer the, 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 the atmosphere of it more than the big noon kickoff, uh, show the pregame show. Yeah. Uh, somebody said this and I, it really kind of rang true for me. It's big noon kickoff is an NFL's fans version of what a pregame yeah. college show should be. Whereas this, Game day feels like it, it. It at its best, it captures the pageantry. It captures all the stuff that's like good about college football, which is why having a dumbass like Pat McAfee on there, um, who's even if you want to be like super charitable to him, he's more of an NFL guy than a college guy. Um, and I don't want to be that charitable to him. Uh, I think he's probably just as stupid talking about NFL stuff. But even if you wanted <laughs> to be, um, he doesn't fit um, the the college game he doesn't fit the atmosphere of college stuff and like even like the the stupid like field goal kicking competitions he has like it's kind of like i don't know it's just kind of bad tempered like it's it's he'll he'll have these kids kick the field goal and then he'll just like rip on them super hard and it's like yeah okay kind of but like it's like he's trying to prove a point that kicking's hard and it's like yeah we all know it's it's hard yeah. like this is just a fun thing you're doing before the game and you're just like ripping on these kids yeah, yeah. it's all stupid i hate him uh, Joe says um, McAfee being obnoxious and Desmond laughing like everything is the funniest thing he's ever heard is just too much. Yeah. And they're, they're obviously ESPN has a lot of cuts and stuff too. Um, but you know, it's just one of those things. I it, Like you change your sort of watching habits, your consumption habits, and I just don't consume it as much anymore. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, we need to get to emails. I think John Abrea is the first one. Uh, hello, Ryan and Dave. I have a uh, situation for Dave to consider. Dave, you must take a road trip to see Minnesota at Iowa on October 21st. Fall in Iowa City. Uh, the Floyd of Rosedale Trophy. The tradition of waving to the kids. Although I heard the Iowa offense is so bad, the kids aren't waving back. I know this sounds amazing, but here's the catch. You must drive. We got more travel here. Mm-hmm. From Los Angeles. And there are five people who need a ride. You only get to drive two of them. The other three will take Greyhound. Uh, that's the little thing. You get 65 cents a mile, $12 a day stipend, plus motel, quality in or equivalent. Which two of these five would you take? We got Pat McAfee, Brian Kelly, Gus Johnson, Rick Neuheisel, 
or Larry Scott. Oh, boy. Okay. Love the show. I'm still laughing, thinking about Trevor's voicemail. The dozens of listeners you have are fantastic. I'd write a five-star review, but I'm old. I don't know how to do it without getting my identity stolen, and I'm holding out for the jockey gift card. Stay real, John in Brea. Okay. Uh, obvious number one pick is Rick Neuheisel. He was just on with Kinzano uh, and Wilner, by the way. The next one after that, I think it has to be Gus Johnson. Yeah. I think it would have to be. Because like both of them seem like personable enough guys you know you could chat with them for a while about a variety of topics and you know gus will get really excited about something at some point but like rick like you could talk to rick about anything like you could just babble with him because he's a babbler um, yeah. so i think rick would actually be like you know like a top five more than a bottom five like he's a horrible football coach but a conversationalist <laughs> yeah what the hell um the other three i mean i i, I think Larry Scott just strikes me as somebody who has contempt for everyone around him. Brian Kelly is um, a uh, angry uh, hemorrhoid personified. <laughs> and Pat McAfee is uh, dumber than dog shit. <laughs> Matthew says uh, Rick's guitar would get old by Utah. It'll be fun at first. <laughs> yeah, so Rick would be able to play the guitar. I think um, I'm looking at this a little differently. Like, yeah, Rick would be, you know, up there as far as like, He's people you'd want to talk to. I think I would put Larry Scott in the car just because, you know, he's used to $7,500 a night suites in Vegas and we're getting a $12 a day stipend and eating at a Denny's. So he's got to, he's got to endure that. So I think this would be more of like a punishment. So I think I'd take Larry Scott, not for my entertainment, but for his punishment. Um, and probably Rick Neuheisel. Okay. I buy it. You like that? I like it. Okay. All right, uh, we're not reading that one. Uh, this is from oh, Hugh- Matt, Matthew. Says, "Whoa, here comes the semi." <laughs> Gus in the other lane. <laughs> Gus is in the other lane. <laughs> Watch out for the semi. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, this is from Hugh Janus and Dixie Rect. Oh, uh, five questions. Hi, Brian and David. David, it's your buddies Hugh Janus and Dixie Rect here with a few questions. We know reading too many words is taxing for you, so it's on to the questions. One. Who is the biggest asshole, Larry Scott, Michael Crow, or Woody Dixon? I mean, Michael Crow is probably a huge, 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 enormous asshole, but I, I think it's still got to be Larry Scott. I'm, I was leaning Michael Crow, but I think... There's a certain kind of asshole that an, a high-level academic is that yeah. just kind of uh, trumps everything else. But Larry Scott, man... Michael Crow was like the enabler for Larry Scott, but he... Yeah, I... But I feel like Larry still trumps him in the like world of assholes. Yeah. Like they're both Yeah, I don't know enough about Woody. No, I don't know either. But uh yeah, I think Larry takes this one. Two, what would it take for Chip Kelly to be fired? Um All right, so if you look at UCLA right now, they're three and one. I mean, back to back zero it. win season. Stop it. Then you've got to think about it. Uh Chip Kelly is currently three and one. Okay. Um they have two big games coming up. Uh-huh. Number thirteen, Washington State at home. Number 15, Oregon State on the road. If UCLA gets swept in those games, they are three and three. Okay. And then you're looking at four games they should win, but knowing UCLA, one of those will be a loss. Pick, take your pick. I'd, I'd go at Arizona, but take your pick. Okay. So then we're talking uh, uh, six and four. Then USC, six and five. What, Cal- win, win or lose Cal, I think he's gone at that point. I don't Seven think they. Five, I think? don't think they can take a five loss season. 
Really? Heading into the Big Ten. I really don't. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see. I think extension at that point. Seven and five. <laughs> another, with a another, freshman quarterback. another bowl with a freshman quarterback. Like, Man, yeah. I, I I think at six and five post-USC, it would be something like the Jim Mora situation where they, they, they fired Jim Mora after USC. Didn't even let him get to Cal. Okay. So we'll see. Um, but I think that's probably the scenario uh, that would get it uh, get it to that point. I think anything more than that, if they go eight and four, it's hard to see it. Yeah. Um, all right. Three, what percentage of Deion Sanders is hype versus substance? I mean, substance is pretty high up there. No, I mean, it's, there's a lot of substance, but hype is part of it. Like, and that's it, the I, hype is part of the substance. Yes, that's what I would say. I was about <laughs> to say it. Like, it's not, it's not hype because like, there's not real like you're backing all of this up like he's a good coach he's manages players well he manages his coaches well he manages situations well he's managing the roster well like he he's doing really good things so yeah the only thing hype he hasn't, is part of it the only thing he hasn't done well is uh the end game versus usc but uh what i would say here is and this is something that's kind of been percolating since I've been watching him, especially in his post games after they lose. And like people are saying, oh, how's he going to be after they lose? And I'm like, maybe it helps to have somebody who's already had his ego stroked at the absolute highest levels because he seems more secure than any head coach I've ever heard talking after a loss. Like yeah. it's insane how secure he is. Um, like just like and he'll talk and we got to play better. Um, but we also got to coach better. We got to do all this stuff better. Um, and it's not, it's not defensive. It's not any of that stuff. It's just, Oh yeah, here's what happened. We got our asses kicked. Um, and you know, and not even angry, just like we got, we got a lot of work to do. Um, he sounds like a pro. Um, and he yeah. is, uh, and I think part of that is he's, he's, he's already gotten past the like, um, I I'm insecure and I'm trying to fulfill something. I think it's a lot more of, you know, this is what I want to do and I want to excel at it, but it's also not the end. I'll be all of my life. Gotcha. Um, and so I think that helps. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm big on everything I've seen from, uh, Deion Sanders this year. Uh, I think, uh, a lot of the expectations were very, very wrong about what this would look like. Yeah. Uh, four. Will you see real quick? We have a comment from Mr. Uh, Jess, uh, new name for the podcast for champions once the season is over. Hype is part of the substance following former Pac-12 football. <laughs> I like it? Yeah. I like it. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, four, will UCLA win a Big Ten championship in the next 20 years, assuming they're in that count- the conference that long? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking basketball, right? <laughs> um, in football, uh, they're going to need to start recruiting. Um, they, they need to get their NIL worked out, um, and they need to start recruiting. And if they start recruiting high school again, sure. Um, it's going to be a lot harder for anyone to win that conference, uh, uh, than in previous years. Um, and so like the usual formula for being competitive in the PAC 12 historically for UCLA is like once every, you know, three years be super competitive for it. That hasn't been the case in 20 years, but that was the historical formula. And if you've got a UCLA that's run well, that's what the formula was in the PAC 12. Uh, in the Big Ten, as it's presently constituted, with Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, USC, Oregon, Washington, all being either similar programs in terms of recruiting potential or maybe even slightly better. Washington, not so much, but um, all in that kind of realm. Maybe the formula is more like once every six years be really competitive in the conference and otherwise be a regular bowl team. Um, 
But that should give you three or four shots in 20 years, right? But you need to have you need I'll put it frankly, you need to have a coach who will recruit. You need to have the recruiting figured out. Until they get there, you can't compete with those schools consistently with a lower talent level. You need to have similar talent. It doesn't need to be exactly the same. You can do it by out-coaching and out-scheming, but it needs to be in the ballpark. And I don't think UCLA is right now anywhere close to the ballpark with Michigan, Ohio State, USC, Oregon. Yeah. Um, five, is Caleb Williams the real deal, or will he just be another in a long line of overhyped USC quarterbacks, Mark Sanchez, Sam Darnold, Matt Barkley, Matt Leinart, John David Booty, Cody Kessler, et cetera, who don't do anything significant in the NFL? Uh, he's a real deal. And uh, yeah, those guys like, I mean, Matt Barkley still pulling a paycheck um, in the NFL. You know, Sanchez won a whole bunch of road games with the Jets. You know, like it, you know, Sam Darnold's with 49ers still. Like, I, I mean, if you're not Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't mean you're like you're a butt. Like you've, you've made a bunch of money. The only uh, one who's a real bum was uh, Leinart. Yeah, he didn't really. He, did he had much one year where he did anything, and that was just because they started him because he was what the seventh pick in the draft or something. Yeah, I think so. And um, uh, like Kessler backed up Tom Brady. Like he, I mean, he had a you know decent run as a back. I mean, that's most of these guys. You're like holding a clipboard, and but if you're getting a pension, and you know, I think you're doing okay. Yeah, Barkley stayed in the league. From he's still in the league. Is he now? Yeah. I thought he was a free agent. No, he's uh, with Buffalo. He was with Buffalo. He's a free agent right now. Oh, I thought. He was at the beginning of the season, I thought. Maybe they let him go or Maybe something. they let him go. Okay. Um, but, I mean, he, he's he been in and around the league since 2013. So, you know, that's that's fine. Um, he, no, I think Leinart's the only one who was, like, kind of a real a real major. Like a high pick thing. that didn't really go anywhere. Yeah. Um, but I think Caleb Williams, he fits a lot more of what the NFL is now. I think if you were, like, being, uh, um, uh, I don't know, uh, judicious or um, logical about what Matt Leinart was out of college. It's, it was hard to ever project him as an NFL player because he didn't have like a super strong arm despite being 6'5". No. He was lofting balls downfield and he took advantage of some great offensive line play and great receivers. And of course, he was a good college player. But those things, like there was a real tradition in the late 90s and early 2000s of these great college quarterbacks who were nothing in the NFL. Like Jason White for Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. It was this awesome college quarterback, but no, none of this projects. Now I think the games are a little bit more like aligned. Eric and, Crouch or something. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> now but now the game is a little bit more aligned in how they're played at both levels. Yes. Like a lot of a lot of teams in the college level are doing essentially the same sort of offensive schemes that they're doing in uh the pros. Like a lot of pro schemes are now, you know, they've got a lot of air raid principles. They've got a lot of all this stuff built in. So um you know, Caleb Williams fits better than a Matt Leinart would have back in the day. Um, and then bonus question, if you have time, which is worse, going poop in the bathroom on an airplane or at a roadside highway rest stop? I think airplane. No question about it. It's the rest stop. Really? Absolutely zero question. So in a okay. in the airplane, you're cramped. If there's any turbulence, you're um, experiencing something interesting happening. <laughs> Um, but you're just got to like move around and you got like, you know, you wash your hands, like right where you pooped. Um, you know, it's a very confined space. So you're just feeling like, oh, everyone's poop is all over here. Like all the like poop scents are just everywhere. Um, uh, it's, it's not a good experience. You got the weird door that like opens inward, further yeah. cramping the space. A roadside restaurant, it's hit or miss. Like sometimes they'll be really disgusting, but I would say most of the time they're totally fine. Oh, Absolutely, so, totally so we're fine. agreeing here. Wait, I, I thought you said airplane. 
would be worse. Oh, oh. Which is worse. We agree. We, we, we are in we agreement. Agree. We are in agreement. Yes. Yeah, no Your doubt about waiting, it. Like, no doubt about it. There's the like one bathroom worse. for like 130 yes. people. So like, Yes. You know. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nice. Uh, and he says, you want to read his tagline or whatever? Thanks for all you do now for a now dead conference. Go Bruins. Thanks. And we got one last one uh, from Kevin Cal Hive. On the recap episode, David mentioned that the Cal Hive hasn't shown up to tank your reviews. The reason isn't because we don't exist. It's because we're not vindictive. Unlike how David still holds on to whatever Cal fan upset him back in 2006. He also seems to uh, generalize his interaction with individual people from 18 years ago to an entire fan base, which is something you think he would be above. Wow, it sounds like Kevin's got hurt feelings. I think so. Did you say that? I don't even know. Like I was, I, I joked about Calhive not coming into our iTunes reviews and um, do tanking that, our reviews. Um, I, I think it'd be funny, but sure, don't do that, please. Um, but Kevin sounds like he's he's got hurt feelings. Yeah, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. No, as I said, I have a niece who goes to Cal. Yeah, but your fan base was incredibly obnoxious when they were good. That's just a fact. You ask anyone else. Don't just ask me, Kevin. Ask anyone else. And they'll say, oh, yeah, uh, your fan base sucked uh, when you were good. They suddenly talked like they were, um, you know, uh, top of the top of the dung heap here in the Pac-10. And uh, and it was obnoxious mm. because we know them as Cal. We know them as, you know, Tom Holmo's cow. Cal. Cal. I said cow. You said cow. But it's okay. <laughs> Moving on. Um so yeah, uh, Kevin. Sorry if I hurt your feelings. I don't want to do that. There's I, another. There's a text message. Okay, what is it? Hey guys, on Monday, Ryan said that Utah what? just needs to offense. It made me think. Do you think there is a team in the Pac-12 that could win against the Beavs on the road, starting their third string quarterback and running back? What I have seen from the Utes the past weeks, the past two weeks, is 2020, 2012 John Hayes, John White, Utah. Hopefully they can get some players back to make for better games to watch. So I think you hurt his feelings too. Yeah, clearly, um, that was that was the hurt feelings of saying you have a third string quarterback and running back going. That's true. Two, um, I've been saying that from the beginning that this Utah team reeks of early Kyle Whittingham, where they're just trying to find a way to win uh, with a really good defense and literally nothing on offense besides maybe a running game that's currently down its like three best running backs or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's what this feels like. And I'm, I'm really concerned that the next few weeks for Utah are going to get kind of ugly. Um, and I really hope Cam rising comes back cause I would like to forestall that, but, um, they've got a tough road and it's going to be very, very hard for them to win games unless they can start scoring some points. Yeah. I mean, you can score more than seven points with a backup at quarterback and running back and, you could argue Nate Johnson would should be the you know is Pick Farmer number two or is is Nate like you know I, I don't think it's like oh third string like this is a guy that can play um, I mean there's he's there for a reason it's not like there's a walk on or something this is not a you have enough talent even with all the injuries to score more than seven points in a game and you did it twice in a row um, once at home I think you're being unfair. Not even joking. I think you are. So I was saying, you need the offense a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah, you but can they've use designed the they've designed their offense around having like at least one or two of these guys, and they don't have any of them. And it seems like every time they like run a guy out there, he just immediately gets hurt. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, how many offenses could be good with uh, 
uh, I mean, if if Nate Johnson goes down this weekend, they're going to be some, starting something called a Brandon Rose. Okay, so then, then I'm going to listen to you. Yeah, but. okay, but they're also, they've got Jalen Glover at running back right now, who is somehow 5'8 and like 200 pounds, but also slow. Um, <laughs> like it's, they don't have a good setup and their, their tight end situation. So last year they had um, Dalton Kincaid and Brant Keithy for a few minutes and then Keithy went down, but they still had Dalton Kincaid. Now it's Thomas Yasmin, who's also like pretty good. He's had, he's had good games. But he keeps like getting up like slow too. And they're, they're down some offensive linemen now. Like it's just... I don't know. I don't know how you can expect any offense to uh, generate consistent points when they're down that many guys. I'm not asking for consistent. I'm asking for more than one score a game. Well, they also went against UCLA's defense, which we just talked about, slightly unknown but probably pretty good. Yeah, and Oregon State's defense, which is provably pretty good. They'll probably score more in more in some other games, but expecting them to like go over like go heavily over 24 is probably crazy. No. But I, um, I want more than seven. I get it. Uh, but I think you're being unreasonable. Okay. I think Fair you're being enough. a hater. I think you're guzzling that hater aid. Fair enough. Thomas uh, asks if we did if we got his email. No, Thomas, we did not get an email from you. Uh, let me check in the spam. Hang on. Colt uh, had a question. Uh, since we had a morning show, best breakfast burritos in the beach cities or LA in general? Mm-hmm. Um, I like, so down in uh, Redondo, Fanny's is really good. But uh, probably the best one is Barron's. Uh, that's right, actually right near my house. They only do it on weekends. You just call and order. It usually takes a little while, but then you go in there and pick it up, chorizo or sausage. I mean, chorizo or bacon, and they are legit. Um, I'm one? not a big breakfast burrito guy, oh, but uh, one of my favorites. Weekends, uh, the Standard Station in El Segundo produces a good breakfast burrito that if you call in, you can get. It's not on the regular menu. It's okay. like five bucks of breakfast burrito. It's pretty good. And then uh, Alex says, um, oh, yeah. Uh, what game or what would you like to see from Dave tweeting about the USC game against Arizona? Well, it would be he's picked. He's going to be like full on Arizona cover mode. So I'm sure it's just going to be stuff like that. Um, I'll be tweeting if it's a close-ish game on the spread. Yeah. I'll be tweeting about it as if it's like a neck and neck uh, three point game. <laughs> so if it's like a if it's like point. 28 points and then going back to 21, 28, then 21, I'm going to be like, you better keep scoring Fafita. Yeah. Um, but it'll be fun. I'll, I'll probably send. So when it's like a 14 point game in the middle of the third quarter, I'm going to send Ryan a triumphant text. Yes. Once I send it, uh, USC will immediately <laughs> go on a 21 nothing run. <laughs> That's happened before. And I mean, Ryan won't won't engage. He'll just give like a LOL, um, and then he'll talk mad shit later on in the day when he's drunk. Yeah, how am I going to be drunk? It's going to be like two in the morning by the time I get home. Uh, yeah. uh, life uh, finds a way. Uh, okay. Oh, we got uh, Jacqueline had a late question come in. Um, Who is the worst matchup for Oregon and Washington moving forward? Each other. So after after that, so you got. Oregon, let's see, has Washington State at home. They got Utah on the road, which might not be as bad. Washington State could uh, could actually uh, fuck up Washington this year. Uh, Washington's Washington secondary State has been a little bit shaky at different points, so yeah. Wazoo could do that. 
uh, in the last game of the year. I mean, I would say that um, if you're looking for like sneaky matchups, um, I think Oregon's schedule is easier just because they have their hard games at home. Going on the road at Utah is never easy, right? But the way they've played, that's not as tough as we thought it was. Have you be. seen Utah's defense play football? Yeah, okay. And Oregon's still they they've got this stink of a little bit of finesse around them to me. Yeah, like just you know, are they really going to impose their will on a very tough Utah front? So I would say Oregon, you got that that game at Utah coming right like they've got a tough three game stretch coming up at Washington, Wazoo at home, then at Utah. Uh, at Utah strikes me as one that they could easily lose. Okay. Um, and Washington, they get Utah at home. Utah at home is a different deal. Uh, Utah uh, in Husky Stadium, they probably win that by like seven touchdowns. But if they played it at Salt Lake City, they would lose. This is just this is yeah. known. These are known facts. But Washington has to go to USC. They go to Oregon State, and they got the Apple Cup at at home. Plus, you got to go to Stanford. Stanford, man, Stanford's tough. Arizona only beat them by one. It's true. It's true. On the farm, and and Washington only beat Arizona by seven. Yeah. Transitive property, man. I love it. Uh, all right, we should probably wrap this up. Huh? You think so? I think so. Anything else? Ah. <sighs> You know, it's a nice Thursday. It is. It's going to be warm this weekend. It's definitely warm here in Southern California. You going to play some volleyball? Uh, maybe tomorrow morning. Okay. Yeah, I played yesterday morning. Great. It was warm. Uh, we had a good time. Yeah. Come, come down 2nd Street in Hermosa. Come check it out. No, uh, no, thank you. No, I mean, just anyone out there. Oh, come, I thought you were inviting me. I thought this No, was... you hate the beach and oh, sand wow. and everything. Yeah, I wouldn't walk out there if I could help it. Yeah. Um, Jacqueline says she agrees with you that uh, Texas Tech is kind of Utah-y. Mm. Fair. Thomas, we didn't we didn't get it. Uh, I checked the spam folder and I still don't see it in there. Oh, ooh. He sent a Google Doc again. He sent it via Google Doc. Oh. It's a very long email. Okay. Um, it's got a table in the middle of it that's blank. All right, I'm confused. Do you want me to read this? Uh, it's your call. All right, I'm going to do it. Okay. I'm going to give Thomas a good reading. Hey, guys, is it just me or are we watching history repeat itself this season with USC? Every Saturday seems to unfold like an episode of Black Mirror. The Trojans find themselves trapped in 1998, having to live through UCLA's most infamous, infamous season, except wearing cardinal and gold in the Coliseum. Uh, so here's the problem, Thomas, is I'm seeing a table in here that I believe has cut off some text of yours. Let me open it in actual Google Doc. But as always, what I would recommend These most strongly... This is the kind of email we want. You yeah, know? What, I would <laughs> what I would recommend require... most strongly is not putting it into Google Docs and instead yeah. just emailing it in the body of we the We would text. like words written in an email, preferably not a lot of words written. Yeah. Fewer so, is better. <laughs> so and... uh, the table is certainly cutting off something. However, we then pick up with incurable form of post-traumatic stress disorder about college football an affliction David manifests so brilliantly even to this day. Whenever I mention my USC in 2023 equals UCLA in 1998 hypothesis to a member of the cargo cult that poses as the Trojan fan base, however, the results aren't pretty. Usually the person's Twitter account suffers a paralyzing bout of dissociative disorder, followed by vehement claims that such a uh, scenario is not possible. And sure, such a comparison might sound too simplistic. So for whatever it's worth, I've compiled below some intriguing parallels between the two seasons for both of you to ponder with all the gravitas of Rick Neuheisel during an episode of Varsity Days on the Pac-12 Network. 
Each team had a much maligned defensive coordinator who had burnished his reputation at a prior Pac-12 school. Alex Grinch, lest we forget, burst onto the scene by being able to stabilize Washington State's defense under Mike Leach in Super Bowl air raid offense. Nick Aliotti, meanwhile, had been hired away from Oregon to be UCLA's new defensive coordinator and implement a 3-4 scheme as cutting edge as Betamax videotape. Both head coaches had their first opportunity being top banana via an internal promotion. Each had been serving as the offensive coordinator under a legendary predecessor who had a much better grasp of the defensive side of the ball. Both offenses were centered around dynamic, multifaceted passing attacks orchestrated by a nimble Heisman candidate at QB able to throw on the run to a cadre of athletic receivers. Both squads faced Oregon and Washington when each had very talented QBs in their senior years. The Ducks led by a first-round draft pick with athletic ability, while the Huskies' signal caller was Dolph Lundgren. And oh yeah, both defenses barely could tread water with players who were probably who probably are not household names. I mean, that's why Ramogi Huma um, is trying to unionize players now, right? No doubt, uh, it's actually Brendan uh, Iambadejo who's doing that. Uh, no doubt there are definitely ways in which the 2023 vintage Trojans are not the same as the BCS Bruins, but be that as it may, I'm wondering what you guys think. How likely is it that the 2023 Trojans drive to the playoff also ends the first weekend of December, melting away as the clock strikes midnight at the Pac-12 state funeral? Inquiring minds want to know. Stay out of trouble, boys. Thomas. Hey, Thomas. Um, that was a lot. So I feel like you could do that in less words. So the question is, yeah, how similar are the 2023 Trojans to the 1998 Bruins and will their seasons end in similar fashion? I don't know. If you remember the 1998 Bruins, they started the year 10 and 0 and then a rescheduled game from early in the season because of a hurricane. Yeah. Uh, happened on December 5th, 1998 uh, against Miami. Right. And they lost that game. Uh, I think it was 49-45. Who was the running back? Uh, Edron James. Edron James. He's still running. Uh, <laughs> he read a lot yeah. in that game. I remember um, that. And, uh, he had like 300 yards or something, right? Like if you remember, real. the famous thing is that UCLA was the first number one team in the BCS rankings ever. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, that is the high watermark. It's like um, it's like uh, Cemetery Ridge at Gettysburg. It's the high watermark of UCLA football. Yeah. And it's just been receding since. Um. I mean, the similarities are there, certainly, but I don't think anyone would say it's like 1998 UCLA. I think everyone would say it's like uh, 2017 through 2021 Oklahoma. It's the exact same formula. Lincoln Riley, amazing, amazing offensive coordinator, uh, doesn't seem to understand that you need to have a good defense doesn't seem to get it doesn't seem to coach it doesn't seem to do anything with it and seems to make bad macro decisions like maintaining a defensive coordinator who's not good um but that's a through line now from all of his oklahoma days too so i don't this is most similar and this is the analogy everyone is drawing is it's a very good team that could make the playoff but is going to struggle to ever win anything because they don't play defense and we've now seen enough games this year that it's like, well, okay, that defense isn't going to be top 25. It's not going to be top 40. Is it going to maintain in the top 50? Because that's probably the the limiting point for whether or not they can make the playoffs. Yeah, with the if, tougher schedule this year, yeah, I think that's... If they can stay top 50, if, they, if that pass rush can continue despite the breakdowns behind it, um, that's going to be, the, I think, the big thing for USC. Yeah. Can they continue to get after passers once teams start to realize that there are opportunities to be had against the second level? And we'll see. All right. Uh, well, thanks. Let's wrap things up. I think uh, I think we're good here. Oh, you're, you're all set? 
Anybody want to send any more emails? No more. We're good. Uh, no more graphs and charts and things. Uh, for David, David Woods, David Irvin. Irving. Irving. Irv. You just call him Irv. Uh, David Woods. It's a show of dominance that your middle name is my name, but my middle name has nothing to do with yours. Your middle name has nothing to do with anything. This is a dominant showing. Where does... Yeah, I don't even know. We don't. You're like um, in one of those scenes, like where, like, uh, like I think it was Planet of the Apes, where they hold out their hand, uh, and I'm supposed to like stroke your hand because uh, you are now submitted to me. My secondary name, like my secondary is your primary name. Yeah, yeah. That means that, like, my like it's not good enough to be. Yeah, my but best I'm not. Name. I'm not. I'm not David Ryan Woods. No. Right. That, you. That you would have, show you have been assigned part of my name. This is a show no, of dominance. The name that's not good enough to be my first name is clearly your yeah, first name. Yeah, I think name. there's a lot of sons who have their dad's uh, <laughs> first name as their middle name who believe that. Yeah. All right. This is a dominant showing. It's so, a showing of dominance. For David Ryan Woods, I'm Ryan David Abraham. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. Goodbye.